Good morning, traders and investors. We're right back into it, watching what? And it looks like even if you disappoint in this earnings season, you're still getting a little bit of a lift. Let's talk a little bit about the earnings that we will cover today. We got Carvana, Goldman, Western Alliance, MT Bank, Alviance Health, Interactive Brokers, ASML, VMware, Omnicom Group. AT&T and Verizon coming in and some breaking news coming from Johnson & Johnson. And of course, we got Jeffrey Hirsch. We'll get into the stock almanac. Hit the like button. You know where you're at. It's pre-market prep team. Let's time to rise and shine. Let's get after it. This market isn't easy, but I'll tell you one thing. There's some bullish tone in this market and it doesn't want to turn around, at least for the time being. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, team, let's go through a little bit of a rundown here. I'm using a little bit of my moo to get to a little bit of some futures action. Some of these will be about 10 minutes delayed. Just want to make sure I need to get some real-time futures, but we'll talk about that later. All right, S&P 500 right now uh, trading up at 4554. Uh, we'll see if it gets back there towards 4560s, uh, multiple tops right now in that area. But we just continue to climb, right? NASDAQ continuing to climb yesterday. Really nice day pushing towards the upside and just continuing the breakout that we've been seeing. VIX down there towards 1551. We'll see if this goes lower. Um, definitely got a little bit of a bounce, but Nowhere near every single bounce seems it it just keeps getting hit to the downside. Crude oil definitely got a little bit of a spike. I take a look at WTI often. I saw WTI this morning at around 75, 78, and as high as 76, 28. Yesterday, oil stocks getting a little bit of a bounce. I jumped in that play uh, for a little bit of the MRO. I'm all out already, but we'll see what happens if that can continue to rise. Gold futures going higher. I'm going to keep an eye out on gold. Uh, we just got a pullback here in the morning, so just be careful. Uh, around 3 a.m., a little bit of a spike, but we've already pulled back below those levels, trading at around 1,976 right now. We'll see what happens here in gold. And, of course, Bitcoin trading at like three, uh, 30,050s. We'll see if it can hold to this 30,000, kind of start recovering back towards the resistance versus hanging out on support. But that's going to do it for at least a quick little outlook. Let's go ahead and let's bring in Dennis Dick. Let's take a look. How was the market for you, Dennis, yesterday? Um, very interesting. I mean, you just have melt-ups happening in certain stocks exactly. and certain strategies are really working well. I mean, we talked about the potential for Netflix to have a pre-earnings run. Holy mackerel, that's got to be one of the best ones I've ever seen for a stock of that size. It was mm -hmm. up 24 points yesterday. It's up another eight points here today, breaking out through the 450 into the earnings report. Obviously, you no, know, the earnings report is always a crapshoot, but expectations will be very high for Netflix because it's had such a run into the number here microsoft up 18 points yesterday at one point in time i mean yeah there's some ai headlines yes ai is going to you know be a, a maybe a game changer here but holy it's just you know you're in like fomo taking over like people are like i can't take it anymore just buy microsoft i've got to be in it just do it you know like full chase is on so you know, is this upside capitulation? Who knows? You know, we've tried to call tops and this stuff before, and stocks just continue to go higher here. But I will tell you, man, the bar is getting higher every day for all these tech stocks going into earnings. Definitely, and I mean, it, it just seems to me like we're definitely in that Goldilocks type of market where um, even if you come in with maybe missing estimates like Goldman Sachs today, you still can get the lift, right? 
Let's take a look there. Let's go to Goldman Sachs. We've got a lot of earnings reports to get through today. So we're going to try to quickly go through these. Of course, you guys out there, let us know if there's any earnings report that caught your attention a little bit more. Maybe a surprise that caught your attention in the market. Let's go to Goldman Sachs Q2 EPS here. Missing estimates with declining revenues in and global banking markets and investment banking. Uh, investment banking was down pretty big. It was down about 20%. So some Something definitely to keep an eye out here. Watch for potential write-downs or commercial real estate from the green sky sale impairments is also something to keep an eye out as it definitely affected Goldman. Just uh, talked to a Reuters reporter. They were just calling me about this Goldman report here. And what I was saying is initial headline broke around 727, so about 40 minutes ago. And you see, boom, whoa. Goldman missed, you know, because we've seen pretty strong earnings. Morgan Stanley was very good yesterday. Yeah. Stock, you know, had given back a lot of gains in the pre-market, but then they started buying at one point in time was up 6% yesterday. I'm not, I didn't look where it closed, but I know it was fairly strong. Very, very strong. Um, so when you see the Goldman headline miss, you're like, oh boy, man, that's not good news. But we just have this underneath demand for big name companies here right now. And after the big run in Morgan Stanley and Schwab took me totally by surprise. I mean, you've got by the dip mentality here. So Goldman is a miss. The revenue was not great. Nothing really looked that good for this Goldman quarter. Yet the stock initially sells off. Then they squeeze them. And the thing went five bucks positive. It was like, really on this report? And now it's started to pull back here a little bit. But you're finding buyers again. People don't care right now. They're like, okay, sure, whatever. The quarter wasn't that great. But it's Goldman Sachs. And I got to buy stocks. Buy me on the dip. That is the mentality out there right now. That is the mentality of a bull market. This bull, which started with seven stocks, has spread to everything here now. And you're seeing it, you know, with the moves yesterday, KRE breaking out over the resistance point. I mean, Schwab, you know, with the move it had, which was, I thought it could go up a buck or two. I did not see $7. It's up from yesterday. I mean, these are huge moves here, Money Mitch. I mean, this market is in full squeeze them if you if you're short you were getting the hell squeezed out of you <laughs> yeah not the market to be short right now you're panicking here now too what a market here right now full bull mode definitely full bull mode and I, I mean you can see it all around when the banks are starting to move like this it's just gonna definitely help the rotation in the S&P 500 right yesterday uh, the queues were still getting hit a little bit there at the beginning of the market but the spy just continued higher right out the gates and rotation is wicked in this market and continuing higher yesterday we saw money going into like oil industrial names um, and Overall, if the when the queues go down, if we're going to have such big upside in the financials and things like that, that's just going to continue riding this bull market higher, right, Dennis? Um, yeah, it well, seems it, like it. Yesterday, it, it, it was like it was uh, it wasn't just the technology names that were holding us up anymore. Now we have a lot of different names for sure. Us up. The breadth is fantastic here. Now you got, you know, the D, you know, to, to, you know, to other people's points here too, industrials are breaking XLI, out. I mean, I've been talking about there, the XLI for a while now. That's there's so much participation here now. It all turned for, for us even talking on this show. Remember we were talking when the IWM back at the beginning of June IWM started to show life. We're like, well, that's what it needs. You know, it starts to show life. And, you know, full disclosure, IWM is still, if not if not the biggest position in my long-term portfolio, it's one of the biggest. Um, and you know what? It's been like I've been saying, you know, this should be a catch-up trade here eventually. And that's what we're starting to see is it's spread. You know, in IWM, the PEs were cheaper. And, yes, the regional banking crisis was holding it back. Well, as that starts to, you know, not look as bad here, that's what's really, you know, dri driven us, you know, the broad market rally here. So, but what still continued, which is relentless, is this bid for tax. So even though you're getting yeah. participation, and everything else, it's not like it, it was rotating out in the middle of June and kind of rotating that other stuff. But now they're just buying everything. It's went to a full like, no, we just buy it all market. And I mean, not consumer staples, because again, you know, consumer staples are competing with cash, you know, and they're also defensive, which the market isn't into defense. But I mean, when you look at, you know, the participation, Microsoft move $18 is jaw dropping yesterday. That's a jaw dropping move, a move. So, I mean, yeah. you've got to respect this. You can have the bearish thesis. You can sit, you know, 
But I think in this market, it's very, if you're short this market, you're getting killed. You know, it's one thing to be bearish. It's another thing to be short. So, yeah. and there are people who are fully short this market that are like, what is going on? What is going on is this market is running on, driving on FOMO. And we've seen this in the past. We saw it in 2020 when stocks just started to go and it did not matter. We're starting to see pockets of that again. It's not across the board. We're seeing pockets of that again. But the other thing is there's a lot of stocks that are just cheap. I mean, when you start getting into the value stocks, we've talked about this for a while here. Um, there's a lot of stocks that are trading under 10 times earnings. And yeah. some of these, you know, are participating here now too. So, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be the driver going forward. It's going to be a value, you know, that, that takes over here. It's trying to help and take over. But what I do know is that this bull market is still going right now and it is strong. Boy, is it strong. And I, I, I don't see this, uh, like... What's going to be the negative catalyst that turns these around, right? And I think that that's what we need to be thinking about if we are looking to see if maybe these start to turn. The thing that I was thinking about was maybe earnings season just really gets hit, right? It gets hit hard here. Well, at least we've started off pretty well. I mean, at least from what we've been seeing from the The reactions. banks were fine. The banks have been good. I mean, yeah. people were very concerned about the banks, and the banks have been good. Now, again, we're going to get into tech earnings season here tonight. Tesla, Netflix, both report. Bar is higher. There's no doubt. These Both of these stocks have ran up significantly in the report. Exactly. I've been saying, I think the Netflix subscriber numbers, I don't know if they give those still anymore. Or do they still give the subscriber numbers? Um, I think they're going to probably give maybe their ad numbers, their yeah. ad tier, but they haven't been giving the full subscriber number anymore. Yeah. And it was said uh, that they wouldn't give it anymore. And the reason why, they want to focus on profitability. Yeah. So, but I, I, I think those subscribers are going up, and that's going to drive profitability here. Yeah, I think so two people... mentions, right, Dennis? You've been talking about it, and I want to state it because I think it's very important. You, you, talk, you give us such gold a lot of the times. We need to bring it back, right? What has been the gold this quarter for Netflix? The gold has been the password sharing cutting. So yes. listen for comments on how much revenue they made because of that, right? If they were able to track that, that's going to be something interesting to hear. Hey, we got a 15% increase in our revenue because of the password cutting. That's something good to hear. Another thing that I heard mentioned multiple times was that they were going to kind of cut down the amount of tiers that they had. They were just going to do like a low tier, high tier product. That could also help in the long run because people will probably just have that high tier. So look for things like that mentioned from Netflix maybe mentions from the writing strike, how that is affecting the company, things like that could definitely come in. There's lots of balls to juggle here. The expectations are very high, but I do believe with the, with the password sharing crackdown here that that is going to be a driver. And we taught, you're right, we talked about this back when the stock was 300. Exactly. Um, wish I would have held my shares. You know, I had a really good trade on it, made some really good money. I'd picked up and tripled down at that 175 area there. And it, it worked out well. Um, I wish I still had it. It, it was the valuation just got stretched. When I had bought that back originally. It was 15 to 16 times earnings. And, you know, I'd expanded to 30 times earnings. And I thought that was enough. Now it's like 50 times earnings. But does it grow into that multiple? It can, man. This Netflix is actually, you know, now profitable. It's all for years. People were saying, wow, they're not profitable. They're profitable. And they're growing earnings. And I think that crackdown on the password sharing is going to drive the bus here, too. So uh, we'll see how this report is. but. I don't. I wouldn't want to be short the stock. I'll say that much. And this pre-earnings run. Congratulations to whoever is trading the pre-earnings run on Netflix, which we have been talking about. It has been nothing short of incredible. Estimated EPS for Netflix is two point eight five, and estimated revenue coming in at eight point two nine. We'll see if they're able to hit that number. Tesla is one that I've been seeing that hasn't been doing that well when the earnings reports come in. It just seems like uh, the promises that Elon has done at least from the earnings calls, haven't turned out to be the biggest up driver here. What do you think about Tesla here? I mean, it's been pretty pretty long of a run here, but I don't think Again, you can bet bar, against it, right? Same story. Bar is set very high. You have a psychological level of 300 coming here. I mean, tonight it's going to matter, but you've got FOMO. And you know what? You also have underneath demand in these stocks. So I just don't think you're going to see like a boom, it's down 50 bucks. And even if they miss, I just yeah. don't see it because there's just so many people who have missed this bull market. 
And that's what continues to drive it. Every time you get these dips in stocks, people are like, get me in stocks, get me in stocks. I mean, it's got to be very concerning for your bears out there to see Goldman come out and flat out miss on multiple metrics here. The Goldman never misses. This is like seriously, and you'd think I'd be giving an argument for you know the bears here, but I'm actually arguing against them because this dang stock is not going down. When they're not going down on bad news, man, this is just you know another level here. So like I think other things being equal, if we weren't in such a rip roaring bull market here, I think Goldman would be down ten bucks on this. It's down two. It's holding up very well. I'm not coming in saying to buy Goldman, but I'm saying this is just you know gives us examples of what this market is right now. And this market is just doesn't yeah. care. Even if you miss a little bit, it seems like certain companies, Massimo, whatever. But even that bit, even that dip got bought. I mean, there's just underneath demand for stocks here everywhere. All right, let's get to the action. Let's shift into drive and let's go to Carvana now. Let's go to CVNA. It's definitely been on a burnout, it seems like, uh, because... Man, what a turnaround from the bottom here. Carvana Q2 EPS at a loss of 55 cents, beat the loss of a dollar 15 cent estimate. Sales of 2.97 billion, beat the 2.59 billion estimate. Uh, so Carvana has reached a deal with note holders to reduce the used cars retailer total debt outstanding by over $1.2 billion, the company said Wednesday. So this should definitely help their financial flexibility, reduce the total debt, extend maturities, and help them execute their plan on driving towards profitability and returning towards growth. So Carvana has been one that I have been said to go to zero and recently when it started coming back through like 10 and 12s i said you know what i'm flipping on this because the truth is is we're not looking at these zombie companies like they're going to disappear anymore they're starting to turn around and the squeeze has been on since then and they may eventually maybe it does go to zero eventually maybe it does but right now the squeeze is on mitch that's just all you have to say yep. is why is carvana going up because they are getting squeezed um i didn't check it but spinner saying 60 percent short interest i know it's high that's a moving target i didn't go and check it before the show but the short interest is very high people are getting murdered on here if you're short this stock and this is what this is i mean they even announced an offering so it didn't even like hiccup on it. So this 35 million shares. So people are saying, oh, they're going to offer stock. That's going to knock it down. And people were worried about this last night when stock was trading in the red ahead of the moved up earnings report that they're going to you know, throw an offering down in the investors' throats. They did. 35 million shares. But it's not that big. You know, 6 billion shares, I believe, outstanding here. So you get, if I'm right, let me just go look at that. Actually, it's like, what, how many shares are outstanding? No, sorry. There's no, actually, 35 million is significant. There's only 106 million shares outstanding. Sorry, $6 billion of the market cap. 106 million shares outstanding. Holy, that is a big offering. So I don't know. Like, that's what I saw go by on the headlines. I'm not sure if that's accurate. But here, you're going to have dilution here by 30%, it sounds like. And investors still don't care. So, I mean, we are just squeezing the hell. You can have everything you need. And, I mean, this is, like, from a bear standpoint, yeah, you know, they're still losing money. They're doing an offering, diluting. Investors still buying the stock. This is just squeeze, completely disconnected from fundamentals now when those stocks are the most dangerous ones to short. Yeah, and then when we start looking into future earnings and future stories, that's when we had uh, a lot of stocks go pretty high on their valuation. That's how Carvana got to the valuations that it got to on the daily of 300 and 360, right? When this was going on, were we worried about valuation? No, we were looking at future stories and focused on that. And I think that we're coming back to those levels and focusing on stories. And I think that that's when you have to start looking into the ditches. Dennis has said it, there's some stocks still on the ditches. And I, I think a lot of these are going to start getting going here. This Carvana, isn't like one. Well, yeah, but now I got to take it away from this, though, because Carvana hasn't been in the ditch. This thing's been going here for a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 500 percent. If you're coming in here now, you're gambling. This is full gamble mode here now mm-hmm. because there'll be a rug pull eventually. But who knows? Maybe it goes 48. Maybe it goes 60. Maybe it goes. We have seen short squeeze stocks go up 100 percent a day. So I'm not saying Carvana is going to do that, but I'm saying it's possible to do that. I am not touching this thing short. 
It is completely disconnected from its fundamental story here now. It does a 30% of the float offering here, and they don't even go down. So <laughs> this is part. very concerning if you are a bear. With that being said, you have no valuation support. You have no you know, institutional investors coming in. I've got to go buy Carvana here right now. So, I mean, when the rug pull happens, the Momo traders get out and it gets ugly. So, you know, one day it'll be down, you know, significantly here. But right now it is in squeeze mode here and people are probably head scratching a little bit why it's up 22%. We've seen these stocks when they're going to squeeze mode, be up 22% in the morning and be up 50% by the afternoon. So I'm not touching this thing short. I'm not touching this thing at all right now. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, stocks like Affirm, I put into this category. I put Upstart in that category, too. Um, we'll see if these can keep going. They've been just ripping. Look at that. Well, well let's track. have an exercise here. And I mean, we don't have to get to all the earnings reports here, but let's just go to that high short interest. What is it? Highshortinterest.com? Yeah, let's go through the top these... five names on that list because retail Man. goes to this. So Carvana yeah, is number two. Just curiosity killed the cat here. ALLO is number one on the list right now. 49% short interest, it says. I do not see anything squeezing there yet. Yeah, so I don't no. see anything there. Nova Bags. Beyond Meat. Beyond Meat's been squeezing. Like It's pulled mm -hmm. back recently, but that squeeze could continue. I wouldn't want to be short Beyond Meat here because it actually sets up not bad. The little curl happening here. I mean, do I want to be long invested in Beyond Meat? No. But does the squeeze <laughs> continue here in Beyond Meat when you see Carvana squeezing like this? Maybe. I'd be very cautious on Beyond Meat today. It would not surprise me if the squeeze continues in that. I have no position. Fisker, that's oh, another one's just kind of been hanging out. I mean, this, this list hasn't really gone that much yet. Upstart has. AI, we know that's been a story. Yeah, this is one that's has. interesting here. I see on the list, Wayfair. That looks like a little squeeze that's been to squeezing me. Too. That's a squeeze, baby. That's been squeezing too, for sure. Bluebird Bio, I actually own. It's got an upgrade here today. I've had this in the long-term portfolio. It's been an epic disaster. It was one of those speculative stocks that I bought years ago. And There's it's just like that, been a uh, legacy. Yeah, I know. It's just been one of those dead, like what's <laughs> one of my worst investments ever. Happens um, to the best of us, man. Uh, yeah, it does. Like and this. it's worth like next to nothing now, so I just don't even care. Stocks <laughs> like this is one that I would bring up here. It shows up here as 27% short interest, uh, Luminar Technologies. Lately, I've been seeing some of the LiDAR plays get a little bit of a lift. It's Holy. sleepy. It's at the bottom. Has deals with NVIDIA, deals with multiple of the legacy automakers. Um, if they could just get it right. I mean, I think this could really get back up there. I know that a lot of SPACs, I don't, I don't see them ever getting back up here. Well, this is one that I actually believe in, at least in the story. Now, the only question is, does the valuation start to make sense? I mean, it's, I it's, these aren't even value, about. though. When we're looking through this list, we're not looking for valuation. We're not yeah, there's no value. We're there. looking for potential short squeezes. This T-Mark guy keeps talking about bankruptcy plan, Bed Bath & Beyond Q. Okay, folks, BBBY. I'm going to tell you, T-Mark, because he's chatted a thousand times. Oh, good Lord. Chatted. I'm sorry, guys. It's, I just... will give, it's fine. He can keep doing it or whatever. Well, but no, I'll tell you, T-Mark, <laughs> Bed Bath & Beyond, the shorts won. You lost. Sorry. That's why you got it's the ban. Bed Bath & Beyond story, the shorts won. And sorry, guys. I've just been a shorts little focused winning on, in Carvana, on They the won show. Bed Bath & Beyond. So uh, we don't care about Bed Bath & Beyond. It's off the board. When they add a queue, I give zero. I give zero about it. I could care less about Bed Bath & Beyond. Once the queue comes on there, forget about it, move on, better things to trade. Yeah. There's better stories to trade here. Bed Bath & Beyond is over. Story is over. If it pops up from 30 cents to 60 cents, whatever. It's still, you know, everybody's, and it's not BBWI, it's BBWQ, or BB, BBYQ. So we gave you some love there, Team Art, and the story is the shorts won. Well, it's done. That's all I can say. Uh, we, we don't got to worry about that one no more. Going he back got to the band hammer. here. Yeah, back you, to this which list. one stands out? No, I just want to say overall, a mm -hmm. lot of these stocks actually haven't gone yet. So you wonder if there isn't a short squeeze in some of these names here. So just warning, if you're short any of these stocks right now, my own opinion, just my opinion, is I would not want to be short these stocks right now. And I do think there's some potentials for some of these stocks to go higher here. This list here with Carvana squeezing today and the squeeze fully on here right now, other stocks on this list could start to squeeze here. So just be careful if you're short any of these stocks. Yeah, I see a couple of these that are interesting. Symbiotic, uh, Groupon, uh, all levels that look like they're trying to get ready to go. Some and have I never went, some have Groupon. not. 
I never trade this group on chart, but this doesn't look too bad. Maybe above seven. We'll see if it can start getting going here. And of course, this is highshortinterest.com. If you guys want to take a look at it, might as well give them a shout out since we sure. already take Yeah, because I think a lot there. of people go to that site. You know, there's lots of places to go, get your short interest there. But we'll give them a shout out here because they it. track it there. It's just there for your information. And I look at that list. When I start seeing Carvana have these ridiculous short squeezes like it's having today, I go to that list to look at that list because some of the other stocks could potentially move on it. All right, let's go and knock out a little bit of the regional bank action. Let's go to WAL. We'll go to also MTB, MNT Bank. I'm going to do them together really quickly here. Uh, Western Alliance did miss here on their EPS at $1.96, missing the $1.98 estimate. Sales of $669.3 million beat the $651.85 million. Uh, total deposits were actually up for the quarter over quarter. And net interest margin actually down. So the uh, company was trading lower after reporting worse than expected Q2 results and a drop in net interest margin. And then when we go to MTB, uh, this was an actual pretty good beat there on, on EPS. $5.12 beat the $4.11. So MTB a little bit higher. What do you think about these regionals, Dennis? Again, just, you know, you can look at the KRE overall trying to break out through the 45 yeah. here. So that helps. I mean, we're getting halfway through regional banking. There's a lot of smaller ones, too, that reported here today. You know, the CFG, the FHN, the CBSH, lots of regionals reporting here today. Um, I, I don't see any disasters here. So that's the yeah. biggest takeaway from here is that you're not, we got a little worried and we saw State Street really get crushed. And you're like, oh, are we going to go into this? But since then, they've been okay. So I would say, so far, so good for all these regional banks. And as long as they continue to hold up, this market continues to go higher. So I see an inverse head and shoulder setup now setting up here. Uh, just really quickly, I'll just draw it out there. There's the there's your head, your left shoulder, right shoulder. This would be kind Ooh, of your neckline. Let's yeah. see if this can get back above 46, start pushing the 50. If we could yeah. push to 50 and really start getting back into this space, that's when I would be feeling a lot more bullish on KRE. We'll see if we get up there back towards the 50 and turn this around. So and inverse head and shoulders, of course, what are you looking for? A break of the neckline and then a hold up there, not necessarily getting right back down below 45s. We'll see Full what happens disclosure, there. I do have a day trading position in KRE. It's just a hedge against other banks. So it's one of my hedging vehicles. All right. We'll see what happens there in the regional banks. Let's go to ELV, Elvion's Health. And uh, oh, definitely uh, getting move. a big move here. And I, I love this stock. When it starts to move, this stock moves, man. Uh, so we'll see what happens with this today. It's up there to 471. Of course, this one trades with kind of stocks like UNH, uh, Humana. Uh, you can yeah. see UNH, how that's been already ripping. Humana's yeah. been a little bit on the lag. So I think UNH has been kind of the leader here. CBS has started to get going also. So keep your eyes on some of these stocks. Of course, we've had a lot of delays in kind of surgeries and things like that that could be affecting these stocks. What do you think about these healthcare Value plans? investors coming in on that dip, though. I mean, the UNH, we don't talk about V-bottoms, but you got yourself a V-bottom there in both ELV and UNH here now. Mm -hmm. um, just going you know, straight down for the better part of two weeks, now straight up in three days. UNH was the earnings report that drove it. It opened that day. I thought you were going to run an overhead supply. It didn't matter. The FOMO was taking over. UNH fully going. Now you get ELV, a good report here, getting back all of its losses from June, and the stock was crushed in June coming all the way back up. You wonder if there isn't a catch-up trade in Humana here, to your point here, Mitch, because UNH has got all the losses back. ELV has got all the losses back from June. Humana is still down 50 bucks from where it was. Yep. So, you know, you don't like to buy laggards, but right now, you know, buying has been the play in the overall market here. So you wonder if there isn't a catch-up trade in HUM. Yeah, and I see a little bit of a V type of shape on that chart already. So with that being said, I'll look for little pullbacks towards these levels that I can maybe go and risk off of. Right. I can't chase it here at maybe 450s, but if I can get a move back towards 440s, I wouldn't mind it taking a shot there off that level. We'll see what happens there on Humana. See if we get yep. a little bit of a laggard leaders type of trade. Elvion's help with excellent Q2 performance, raising fiscal year adjusted EPS guidance also ain't going to hurt you. Let's keep it going. I, I got a lot more for you guys today. So IBKR, let's go to Interactive Brokers here as their Q2 EPS misses estimate affecting, of course, sales and dividend declaration. What do you think about this stock, Dennis? 
Um, I, I tweeted out jokingly, my bad. I didn't tw- trade enough last quarter. But I actually said this on the closing print two nights ago when I was on with Josh on the closing print. Joel's away. Um, I talked about the interactive brokers report, and I said I'm somewhat concerned about IBKR going into the earnings because mm-hmm. VIX falling is not good for in, and again it's good for investors people love a bull market they love it when the vix going down the market's going up but as a trader it equals less volume it equals less movement i found the quarter to be very slow there was other people trading what a great quarter what a great month has been for stocks if you're long yeah my long-term invest portfolio loves this market loves it going up as a trader it's been slow, actually. And the reason for that is the VIX is lower. I mean, when you're at 20 or 25 or 30, there's a lot more action. When the VIX is at 13, there's less action. It means professionals are likely trading less here right now. My volumes are about two-thirds of what they were a couple months ago when the VIX was higher. That is just you know what the market is right now. It's a little bit slower. So I think it was a slower quarter here. I think that I thought that might be reflected in the interactive brokers report, and it absolutely was. A lot of pros trading on IBKR, a lot of professional money on IBKR gives you more of a feel than you know the retail. Like here, like you think IBKR still is a retail broker, but there's a lot of professional money on IBKR. So it's a little bit of a different you know animal than you know a Schwab or Robinhood. Where you know it's like mainly long only. I mean, Robinhood doesn't even allow you to short stocks. IBKR more professional money. It was a slower quarter for volumes, um, and IBKR earnings were reflective of that. So I kind of thought that going in, kind of mad at myself because I said it three days ago in the closing print. Kind of mad at myself that I didn't take a short position in the report because I kind of had a feeling that it was going to be a disappointing quarter for IBKR. This is something definitely to keep an eye out for. I don't trade this one, but I, I'll definitely keep an eye on it. And I don't think this helps also like Schwab turn around. Uh, but Schwab has been strong since their earnings. Is this one that you maybe take a look at since you're, you're not? No, it's at? already run. So you know me, I don't chase here, Mitch. So you know yeah. I wouldn't be taking a look at this exactly. here. It stock goes up seven bucks yesterday. I missed it. I don't chase when stocks move up 10%. Just boom. It's not my it's not my style to chase. Not I, I tell the story, you know, when I, I was it. up right trading, I watched a trader beside me and he chased everything and he blew his account out a year later or six months later. I learned the hard way that jumping on moving trains is not the way to trade stocks. You got to get on the trains before they move. Just like when I'm going to that highshortinterest.com, I'm gravitating the ones that haven't gone yet. The train's still at the station. I always look at the train at the station. The Schwab train left the station yesterday morning. It's gone now. So, you know, where it goes from here, how do I control the risk? I guess you could stop yourself out at yesterday's low, which is 64 if you're buying it here. That would be one way. But, you know, the odds are it's going to chop around. So maybe it's going to get you too. So, I mean, I like trains that haven't left the station. Schwab train has already left the station. Doesn't mean it can't go higher. Doesn't mean I'm shorting it. I don't short rocket ships. It means I have more trouble controlling the risk. So I don't take the trade. Professional traders, every trader, always think about your risk first, then your return. This is what everyone does wrong. 90% of retail traders are out there. How much money can I make? How much money can I make? Professional traders think about their risk (laughs) first and then the return. You cannot control the risk on Schwab as easy as you could yesterday. You know, you could say, well, I report earnings. But it was at support. It was at some levels. You had some ideas here. So I don't chase stocks. Schwab's gone. I missed it. Yeah, and I think that that's very important. I'll be looking for if you looking for maybe a pullback to sixty six fifties, but definitely you got to be careful with a stock here, like here's this. A, here's a great question. Just we're gonna get Jeffrey Hirsch here in a second, but Lex asking. So DDD, you don't scalp when Microsoft is ripping. Um, I will tell you, I trade Microsoft almost every single day. It's a fantastic stock to trade. Yesterday, nope. Last night, nope. This morning, nope, because it's gone into FOMO mode here and it's harder to control the risk here right now. Two days mm-hmm. ago, trade Microsoft, absolutely control the risk. People say, oh, I love that big candle. This is what I want to get into. This is how I make the money fast. My style is not to make money fast. It's to make money base hits. Base love hits. It. Base hits. This is why you know I'm usually profitable every single month. Base hits. I'm not taking shots. I'm not like... Let's throw a million bucks on Microsoft right now. Or let's throw a million dollars on Carvana right now. Let's throw, you know, like, you know, all my money in Carvana and let's go. That's not what the market professional traders are looking at. You think Citadel's doing that? You think Citadel comes in? Let's throw all our money on Microsoft. Let's throw all our money on GameStop. Let's go. 
No, it's base hits, little market making, pennies here, pennies there, base hits, base hits, base hits. Completely different approach to the markets. That's how a professional approaches the market. That's how successful traders approach the market, long-term successful. 2020, sure, people are getting rich really fast. They're going all in on one stock. It was working out. How 2021, 2022, a lot of those traders are out of the market. We're getting a little bit more of that in here again, but you got to be more going base hits. If you want to stay longevity in this industry, it's not going for the long ball. I always give the Rob Deere analysis from the Tigers back. Remember Rob Deere? Mm -hmm. You're pretty young for him, but you're back in the day. Rob Deere, Detroit Tigers, always swinging for the fences. He led, you know, he leads the league in strikeouts every single year because every time he's going for fences. 30 home runs, multiple years in a row. You know, fantastic at 30 home runs, but leads the league in strikeouts every year because he's always swinging for the fences. Wasn't really that great of a tactic. You know, the base hit, you know, base hits, you know, going at it that way is a much better approach. I got you, though, Dennis. We got to work on that swing, though. It's not, I got to work on that. <laughs> My swing's no good? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no hands on top of each other. Hands separate. Oh, hands separate. Okay. Yeah, right, Mitch, top, Mitch is let's player. go. Let's go. I was a hockey player, <laughs> no, but I was never good at any sports. Hey, I was never the same an athlete. thing, man. You got to whack that and get in there, baby. Let's go. All right, All right. guys. Uh, you you get up here and teach my boy. The boy's pretty good at baseball. You can give my boy some pointers. I got you. I got you. We'll, hit him, okay. we'll get him hitting home Come runs. But we're Bay, also going to get him hitting 300. We got to get him hitting 300. Accuracy is important. That's what Dennis is talking about there. So let's go ahead. Let's get out of the stock talk. We're going to go to our guest. And we got a great one for you guys today. Let's get right to the action. All right, Jeffrey Hirsch, Editor-in-Chief of the Stock Trader Almanac. How we doing, Jeff? Super, man. How you guys doing? Doing awesome. You guys see I'm trying to get Dennis's uh, slap game right. and uh, I'm working on strengthening my grip and my uh, my golf swing. So I there can, you go. Mitch will teach you that, too. Hey, <laughs> a little, little wall hang. A little wall hang will fix that right up. So you, yeah, you okay. just hang. And then you, you just like 30 seconds, you know, try to try to do it for 30. Hang on the wall. Jeff, move up find to a, a good minute wall and hang on it. And you'll get that grip strength, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't understand the golf grip. It's not squeezing it harder. It's turning your hand over so the club face so there's no impact. I got you. Yeah. I got you. You're trying to get that face of that club right. And so Way right now. Impact. Right now, it seems like the, the, the market has it right because uh, uh, somebody keeps whacking this thing higher because it seems like we can't stop right now. Of course, um, let's talk a little bit about what's really up your alley, Jeff. Let's talk a little bit about Dow Theory here. Can you explain the concept of Dow Theory and how I mean, it confirms this uptrend in the current market that we have right now? And what are you looking at, of course, in these? Are you looking at certain indexes? Are you looking to the industrials? What are you seeing here, Jeff? Well, I mean, the Dow Theory thing is is in everyone's mind. It, it just sort of happened. It's it's in my wheelhouse because it's a historical pattern. Basically, when the transports makes a new high uh, after the industrials makes a new high, you're confirming, uh, you know, bullishness. You've got the the companies that deliver product that ship product doing as well as companies that are making it. Um, it's a little bit antiquated, admittedly. Uh, but when you have, uh, you know, in the modern, you know, market, there's the, the, the NASDAQ is basically, you know, an S&P and Dow that we, we look at all three of them. We look for confirmation for our seasonal buy signals in MACD with all three. We want confirmation across different markets, different indexes. And then you can throw in the Russells, uh, which would be nice if we got even more strength there. That would show some real, you know, domestic strength. So it's just a confirm of, of strength. I think it's a little bit late. You know, um, we look at some other cycles, some historical patterns and seasonalities that get us out of trouble and get us in earlier when things set up. I mean, the four-year cycle and seasonality had us out of the market in the midterm year last year, had us getting in in October. The three-quarter um, sweet spot delivered. You know, we had a great fourth quarter. NASDAQ came in a little bit late there with, you know, making a low there in December, but made up for it in Q2, Q3, excuse me, Q1, Q2 of pre-election year. And if you look at, I don't know, I sent you guys a four-year cycle chart. Um, yeah. The market's tracking that really closely. Uh, I hate to say it, but, you know, everyone's getting bullish here. We've got Dow Theory, you know, confirming bullishness. 
when you look at that little sideways pattern when all three major indices you know over q3 and um yeah and the the movement we've had the recent run-up yeah it might go a little bit further but uh, i'm a little cautious you know we actually have a seasonal short um in the transports and the industrials using the iyt and the xli if it hits our level we wanted to break through support um i just checked on the the iyt etf and it's right up at that monthly pivot point resistance we're looking for it to come through um the regular monthly pivot point for for us to get short on that so yeah it's going to keep going up likely but um not for much longer i think we're coming up on a pause seasonal weakness august september and it's set up for it. I mean, if we had been down all year and came into June negative, not up 31 or 2% on the NASDAQ, I, I wouldn't be as negative right now. We still a little contrary thinking in there, too. Well, Jeff, dog days of August coming here, too. I mean, it is, you know, something that's, you know, obviously people talk about, but I think there's some truth to it. You know, trading slows down. I can feel it. You know, I've been trading professionally 23 years. It starts to slow down right around now for the next six to seven weeks, even though we're in earnings season. And we're going to get through the big guns the next two weeks. But the dog days of August is coming. We, we, I was listening to you talk about the volume. And we have a, we, we call it the summer doldrums. I don't know if either of you has an almanac candy, but page 48 of the 2023 is all about the summer doldrums. There's this weak volume period. That's what helps create the seasonality. When you've got low volume, you're going to have the tendency for the markets either go nowhere or back and fill or chop or move down. And it's not just August. It kind of happens after July here. Mid-July tends to be that peak. I mean, I know you guys, I know it's been rainy here in the Northeast, but people are doing stuff. People are away from the yep. trading desks, away from the markets. They're doing stuff with families. People are, everyone's in Europe. All my college friends are on, I see them, one's in Iceland, one's in Italy, you know. Everyone's traveling all over the place and they're not, they're not investing or they're not really doing much trading right now. So the dog days of summer, the dog days of August, the, the summer doldrums are real. And, um, you know, we had our sell signal for, for NASDAQ's best day of month in June um, after a buy signal in early October, quite timely. And we're sitting, you know, in cash in the bonds right now. We get, you know, this is the first time in years where you're able to park some cash during the summer months and get some interest while you're sitting there doing your research, looking at your stocks. I mean, it's, I mean, it's AI things pretty fun to just think about what you can do with it and, and work on it. You know, I've got some book projects we do at this time, some website updates and 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 uh, other things, along with a little, you know, family social time. But that's what everyone does. I mean, we're humans. We got repetitive, you know, behavior collectively. Yeah, it seems like, of course, this current market is really showing broad participation in the rally across multiple sectors, technology, construction, semiconductor, industrials, value stocks. It seems like, of course, it's a it's a wide uh, spread market strength here. Mm. Now, what should we be looking for and advise as we get closer and closer? Because it seems like we already reached that first half of the year. Is the strength already done? It's not done. It's ready for a pause. Um, I don't know. I, I mentioned in my notes to you guys, we were doing uh, a subscriber webinar early in the year. We have come mm -hmm. up with a bullish forecast. Yeah. And, you know, things were like, this is pre-banking pre crisis. And I, I said it a couple of times, like, my biggest fear was that I was not bullish enough. And we were calling for 10, 15%, you know, in, as our base case scenario, more on the best case. And here we are up well over all of that on, on all the indices. And I was right. I wasn't <laughs> bullish enough. But right, what we're looking at here is probably a pause, maybe a little correction, 5%, 10%, some chop. I mean, I sent you a seasonal chart of NASDAQ, too, which shows that sideways pattern. You, you, and you can see a little bit of it on the, the other chart. But um, looking for new highs in the fourth quarter, though. You know, I mean, pre-election years, this is this is the, the table of, of the NASDAQ first halves, which shows the potential weakness or at least softness in the Q3 after such a big um, NASDAQ uh, uh, first half. And, um, you know, pre-election years, I'm going to stick on that because it's it's tracking the four-year cycle pattern. We've got, um, yeah, there it is, you know, we've got this this wow. tendency for, for a lot of highs, a lot of annual highs of pre-election years to happen in December. You can mm -hmm. see it on this chart on the blue line there in pre-election years. Um, and often on the last trading day of the year after this, you know, sweet spot up, Average 30%, 29.3% for NASDAQ. We beat that by a little bit. And then it goes sideways for the weak months. There's your, there's your um, 
your your August uh, dog days of August <laughs> the <chops>. right there. <laughs> In black one. Then you got your October phobia. You got your end of Q3 sell-off in September. And, you know, the same trend occurs on the lower black line, which is all years. And then the red line is my um, aggregate cycle, which is the four-year cycle, the decennial cycle, and all years. So you're looking at pre-election years, third years of the decade, and all years combined. And here, currently, we're like, can't deliver, you know, way above it. Uh I mean, I just mentioned it really gives you perspective here. This chart is fantastic, Jeff. It really gives you perspective on how far we've come. And I mean, there are people who have been sitting on the sidelines and they're jumping in here now. And that's why I'm like, it's kind of feels late to be jumping in all in here. hundred percent. I mean, don't sell your winners. I mean, let your winners ride. But, you know, I trade, um, I eat my own cook and I trade the best and worst months. I'm out of the, the Qs and the IWMs. I even sold my XBI, uh, and I'm sitting in the the, the bond ETFs: AGG, BND, SHV, SGOV, and what's the? I think that's all of them. On TLT, maybe, which is not doing as well, but um, and a little money market, and we'll just hang out and we'll do our research, and we'll get back into um, our growth stocks and our growth sectors in October. I mentioned a couple of stocks that came through our screens last fall. Not. I'm not that clairvoyant, but when you have a fundamental stock screen and you implement it during the seasonal, you know, the beginning of the seasonal strong period, and they use a little technical analysis to pick your buy limits, and then you get things that are off Wall Street's radar that are not following. Are you saying you were trading Microsoft every day? You're, you're a day trader. That's There's a lot of action yeah. there. Uh, but we're looking for, for stocks that people aren't getting from wall street aren't getting from the news and we look for companies you know with acceleration of revenue growth and earnings um and that are underfollowed uh, plus a bunch of other metrics i need to run through all of them but um all things being equal two companies with the same stats we're going to take the one that's you know doesn't have 20 or so uh analysts following it has a handful that's off the radar um and su super microcomputer uh we already sold half on a double on that that's, That's not the biggest one. stock in the in the in the um, Russell 2000, and we yeah. picked this in our basket in early November, just after our buy signal for the best best six and best eight months. Yeah, well, that's been an unbelievable mover, SMCI. But again, and they don't even make, they just make the storage stuff, uh, you know. <laughs> and, it's not, and we it's not a story stock for us. This was just throwing off sequential, you know, growth and and annual year over year growth. Um, of earnings and and uh, and, rev and and revenue, as well as price to sales ratio being nice, PE being nice, debt being down, margins being good, and under five. Then there's Excellus, and then you got ACLS, also another one given by you, and uh, this is looking great too, man. It's been a pretty good year for these uh, AI type of stocks. On hold for us. Um, I think did we? I'm just looking at my my. We got that one's both were sold. O N O N. Say again. Are you talking O N O N on hold? No, they're both. Oh. They're not buys in in the portfolio. They're, they're on. Oh hold. yeah, no, I thought you said on hold. <laughs> we're not chasing them like we're not doing the FOMO. We're not chasing them. We're not selling no, them. We exactly. sold half on double for both these, but not the stock on hold. But these positions are on hold. Gotcha. I exactly thought you were jumping in on holdings because it looks like it's ready to break out. No, <laughs> I was well, looking at this chart yesterday, ON, ON, and this looks like it's ready to go. Well, the last question I have for you uh, is uh, what a lot of people have been talking about, right? For uh, If we look back six months, we look back a year, everyone was yelling one word. Recession, 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 recession. Not, not what me. What happened here, Jeff? What happened? Well, we had a recession. We had a negative Q1 and a negative Q2 back to back in 2002. Last I checked, most of the other countries in the world are still calling out a recession. I know they changed the rules during COVID <laughs> because they had to make it fit, but we didn't buy it. And then, um, you know, the, the labor market's been pretty strong. The economy's been resilient. Yeah, they throw a whole lot of money at it for a couple of years. It was a, a, a Interesting times we lived through. It still is. I don't know if you've traveled in the airports recently, but it's not like it's not fun like it used to be. But um, something is different with the Fed these days or nowadays. It used to be that they 
sort of, you know, listened to the bond market and adjusted based upon what the bond market was doing. We went back and looked through some minutes back in 81 when Volcker was, was running the show and they were saying, well, you know, if the bond market does this or that and, and, and pushes rates out of the range of get this 15 to 21 percent, we'll adjust the discount window or something, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas now they are just trying to drive what the bond market's doing. So that whole yield curve, you know, uh, um, signaling, indicating a recession in the future. I'm not saying it's totally different. It's only an indication. It's only an instance of one. But perhaps maybe the, cur- the the inversion followed the recession because of the way the Fed behaves and is so, uh, um, you know, trying to lead the bond market. So I'm not looking for recession. Hey, but we will definitely get a recession at some point in the future. Probably that not this certain. year. <laughs> that that I think is certain. Probably <laughs> not next year. And my super boom forecast for Dow 38,820 is pretty much on schedule for 2025. Nice. On a nice quick call, one, Jeff, Jeff uh, pivot when you see it. Maybe one or two more. It's 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 a little bit nebulous. Uh, they may do one, then wait for a little while. I may do another. Um, the, the thing that I also mentioned, I'm glad you brought that up, because mm-hmm. inflation, the comps are becoming more difficult. Yeah. It, so and that's just. increasing prices are still up there and they're going to stay up there even though i see gas coming down a little bit but that's you know fuel and energy food and energy so um i'm not real confident what the fed's going to do but i think they're definitely not doing five more uh um you know quarter you know five more percentage points there's there's one or two left all right like always you guys can check out jeff hirsch here and i'm throwing up here the stocktraderalmanac.com you want to see more of these graphs learn also some profitable etfs and stock trading ideas given by of course jeff and you guys can take a look and always get your yearly almanac if you haven't already gotten it i mean what are you waiting for so definitely check that out i threw up the link there jeff we'll have you back always appreciate you having you on thanks chance have a great day Thanks, All sir. right, let's get back to the markets. How are we looking here? Dennis, what are you seeing out there? Uh, slow drift higher. Goldman has leaked. It's down five bucks here now. So the earnings All report right. is starting to weigh on it a little bit, probably as you have more institutional money managers saying that quarter wasn't great. So you they had woke you know, up. The initial... <laughs> it wasn't great. And very surprising to me that it was holding up as yeah. well as it was. It's still surprising. Like I said, I think in other things being equal, the stock could have been a down 10. Um, it's down five here now. The other thing we're seeing is Carvana continues to squeeze. And funny, you know, we talked about the potential. This was up 25%. I've seen, we've seen stocks go up 25%, go up 50%. Well, it's up 38 now. So it looks like, you know, maybe it's going to hit that up 50% or even more here. When they're in squeeze mode, very dangerous to short. People naturally just want to sell what is strong. They're like, oh, I'm going to short that because that's going to come back down. That is a good way to lose money. All right, let's go to ASML. And the reason why this is definitely important is, of course, uh, you're talking semiconductor equipment stock. And this stock is actually headquarters in the Netherlands, of course. And just recently, we heard about their own export restrictions, right, on advanced semiconductor equipment. Uh, ASML was concerned that their DUV machines would be included in this. Um, And it looked like it stated in the earnings report uh, ASML's CEO, Peter uh, Wennick, stated that all in all, when you look at the export control measures in total, we don't expect a significant impact on our 2023 year, but also on the longer term outlook. So it doesn't look like it's going to be that negative, at least from the restrictions that are set right now. Of course, these could always increase and affect the company. They did beat on EPS $5.37, beat to $5.17, and sales also beat here 7.52, beat to 7.51. Gross margins looking good, reported beats on Q2 top and bottom consensus, and raised fiscal year outlooks. Again, this trades as an ADR. So this is already actively trading in Europe. And I always try to teach this lesson when you're seeing an ADR, you don't expect like, oh, boom, you know, it's all of a sudden at 760, 765, because it's already trading heavily in Europe. So it's open right now. So sometimes, you know, you see these stocks open over here at 930 and then institutional money managers come in and different things happen. With ADRs, that that is probably muted that action to a, to a more... To a, uh, uh, more often than not, because they're already actively trading it for hours over in Europe. So it's down eight. It wants to be down eight. Is there some support on ASML? Yeah, there is. 735 was your candle, and then 
142 last couple of days here. I think you have underneath demand. There's still a chip story here happening. So, uh, but, you know, if you're expecting, you know, those crazy moves, you know, off the open once it opens at 930, the ADRs don't get those moves like that. All right. I hear the chat talking about AMD jumping here and I'm trying to catch the news as it starts to go higher. It looks like we're getting a report from the DigiTime alert here. Um, let me see what we got here. DigiTimes. Like, yeah, it looks like this is the report that I saw kind of give a little bit of a spike there. Uh, cloud service providers looking at AMD's LLM chip as an alternative to NVIDIA. Dun, 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 says sources yeah. here. So definitely if the large-scale cloud service providers are reportedly considering AMD over NVIDIA's uh, chip, so there you guys see it, that definitely could help out AMD. And I've been seeing AMD really start to look strong. It had to give a really nice gap fill. Um, and now I, I like this. I like this. Shoot out, make a run. Hey, listen to this. Two downgrades last two days. Shrugged them both off. It shrugged exactly. off the day before. Got downgraded. Downgraded again. So the analysts hating on it. Those, those downgrades, those analysts are underwater here now. I'm long AMD. Still long it. Like I said, in my kids' RESP, which is long to long term. You know, it's for when they turn 17 or 18 years old and goes away to university. It's the biggest position. I think it's 40% of that. So I'm very concentrated on just one stock AMD. I think there's a catch-up trade here eventually with NVIDIA. Um, the valuation's much cheaper. Yeah, you can say, oh, but, you know, forward PE, it's 40. When I was buying, it was 27 to 28. It's come up quite a bit from where we bought it just a couple of months ago here. I'm still fully long. I haven't sold any shares. Yeah, I think this is one that I, I, I definitely am going to be always looking back upon and, and thinking that, yeah, it, this is a, a great investment to have, at least in the long run. I feel uh, I should have a piece of it, don't have a piece of it, but now we'll be looking to see if this can start to really climb. It, it's given you lots of chances in the 110 to 1. I got like chasing here, so now it's up 4 bucks. It gave you lots of chances, 108, yeah. 109, 110. It was down there. It felt like forever, not participating. Starting to show some life. Still underperforming massively, Do I wish I would have bought it. NVIDIA instead of AMD? Yeah, because I'd be wept way more on the NVIDIA here. Um, well, actually, I don't know if that's true, actually, because I'm up about 30% in the AMD. I'm not sure if NVIDIA is up from when May. Oh, no, NVIDIA is up more because I had the gap. I think NVIDIA is up about 60 or 70% since then. So NVIDIA is still outperforming. I do think NVIDIA is not going to be the only one, though. I think AMD, I, I like Lisa Sue. I'm betting on Lisa Sue, and yeah. I think she'll figure it out. So I think there's still an opportunity here with AMD. It's not on for a trade. I have my long-term portfolio. All right. Hourly levels that I'll be looking at is yesterday or Fridays, 714. We got 121.90, 122.12. Let's see if we can get through there. Right now, high at 121.90. Seems to make sense, right? Let's see if we can get through that 122. We'll see what happens today on AMD. All right, now to move you over to an interesting story that's developing. Um, we're going to go to AT&T and Verizon. Uh, they're getting a little bit of a lift after recently getting hit, right? Um, we saw their earnings, things like this. But also what has been coming up here is a newly raised concern about lead-covered telephone cables installed across the U.S. many decades ago, putting pressures on company like AT&T and Verizon. AT&T was trading higher after it said that Less than 10% of its nationwide copper wire telecom network has lead-clad cables in response to last week's story. Uh, Verizon actually received a buy today from Morgan Stanley. Um, so that's something they definitely point out. So AT&T starting to bounce here. Verizon starting to get the bounce. Are these concerns for these stocks, Dennis? Well, bold think? calls here. Uh, bold call here from the Morgan Stanley analyst upgrading Verizon. I always like seeing contrarian calls. With that mm -hmm. being said, I hate both these stocks. I've hated them both for a while. I've been absolutely correct on it. Hated Verizon. I remember me and Jason Rasnick were on them. Verizon was $55 and we both hated the stock. I've stuck to that thesis. I don't like AT&T and Verizon. I day trade them against each other, relationship-based. But these two stocks, dividends have sucked people in and they have just been murdered here in the last few years. Yes, 30, 40 years, it's been great to own these companies because you've got all those dividends, even though AT&T is at 27-year low, you've been paid a lot of those dividends over that course of time. So you've still been doing okay. But right now, in the last five years, the stock has been depreciating much faster than those dividends here. Verizon dividend 7.79%, that looks great. T, 7.82%, that looks great, but these companies are not great. And I think those dividends could get cut again. So I sell these stocks on all bounces.
All right, we'll see what happens there. Let's go to Johnson & Johnson. Johnson & Johnson coming down here this morning after being ordered to pay $18.8 over the baby powder cancer claim as the jury ruled here. Um, but there's a bigger story, right? I think underneath this, right, Dennis? You were talking about it in the pre-show. What are you yeah. seeing here in Johnson & Johnson that's concerning to you? Well, the talc issue reemerges here. So here, you know, we thought it was settled out. Johnson Johnson had the big pop about a month and a half ago. You'll see, you know, when the stock went from like 150, actually, it's maybe even back in April, the days fly by here, when the big pop from 157 to 166. So they put the money aside. It was going to be $9 billion. They were going to pay out to these 40,000 people, you know, and over the course of, you know, and through a bankruptcy and all kinds of other fun things in there. But, you know, you kind of thought they were getting by this talc issue. Now, all of a sudden, one person, gets awarded $18 million in California. Will they appeal it? Likely. Um, but I mean, this is concerning because when you do the math on the $9 billion and you did the math money, Mitch, if you take a $9 billion and apparently there's 40,000 cases against them for this talc issue, um, $9 billion divided by 40,000 is what? Estimated 225,000 for That's each. what they've got put aside right. is like 225 grand for each of these people. Well, one person's got 18 mil. So if you were going to get awarded 225000 you just saw somebody else get $18 million, you'd be kind of like, hey, what's up? I want $18 million. So mm -hmm. all of a sudden, you're like looking at this and thinking, ah, maybe they're not past this issue yet. So I think that's why the stock is getting absolutely – this is a big hit for Johnson & Johnson here this morning. And I think it is this headline that broke last night. Um, I was trading this. I'm fully out of it now, so I can freely talk about it. I was short stock um last night on this headline here i've covered it here this morning um just you know because it I, I i again it's headline i think johnson john's falling 10 bucks on this now i but i i i'm not surprised it's down two or three bucks why i shorted it last night and i've covered it here now so i'm somewhat concerned though you know i think i would love to be an investor in johnson johnson you think they're getting past it and then all of a sudden you see this 18 million dollar award and you're like well maybe they're not past it yet and maybe you know this is a one-off and this isn't going to affect the settlement maybe that's you know but again i think investors are worried that it might affect the settlement yeah and just that is, is enough right and i think that one thing to notice is that healthcare really hasn't been the strongest as of late even the favorite like lily not really going anywhere um so i'm looking at merck starting to go down i'm seeing these stocks just really start to kind well, of these are break. defensive stocks Yes, yeah, really Lily has been break. aggressive too. So, and Lily is a whole nother story because Lily has been pricing in this weight loss drug, Alzheimer's, all those, you know, potential drugs, but the weight loss drug has been their main driver here. And, you know, we saw Novartis earnings, you know, coming and that they've got a weight loss drug there too. Yeah. So that's, you know, what a lot of this premium is because Lily's trading like 50 or 55 times earnings last time I looked at it. Like it is trading with a valuation of something fierce. When I bought Eli Lilly in my long-term portfolio, it was back when the stock was $30 or $40 or something like that. And the stock was trading with a PE of 10. And I'm like, or even less, it might've been like eight. And I'm like, you know what? There's just good value here. At this point in time, that good value in Lilly is long gone. This is no longer a value stock. This is now a buzz stock on that weight loss drug. It's trading 51 times earnings, forward earnings, 71 times current earnings, a lot of good stuff priced in. Just to give you perspective, the industry average of PE is 12. Lilly is trading 51 times forward earnings. So it's trading four times more. The weight loss drug is going to be awesome, I'm sure. Um, you know, but they're pricing a lot of that. But you're coming in here saying, yeah, this is the thousand dollars. I mean, maybe the P is going to come way down when those earnings go up from that weight loss drug, which is likely to happen. But I don't know if it's going to come down that much. A lot of investors pricing in a lot of good news for that weight loss drug. It better not disappoint. Uh, PJ was asking for that link for the almanac. I just threw it up again there for you, PJ. We're going to start wrapping up the market here. Definitely to keep an eye out on it. Today, it seems like the spy is continuing higher right now. We'll look to see if we continue to climb higher. And of course, major reports coming tonight. Tesla, Netflix. Time to wrap up the market. Dennis, what are you going to be looking for here? Do you think well, we'll be watching we those earnings reports there climb, tonight. Right? Yeah, those are the ones we're watching here tonight. It's going to be very important, obviously um netflix the pre-earnings run has been nothing short of incredible here tesla's had a little bit of a pre-earnings run too the pre-earnings run trade has been working very very well so i mean sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't this quarter it's been working very well the stock's just running up ahead of the reports and the big the big names like little names don't get that as much because they're not getting the hype 
it's the big name. So when I'm playing the pre-earnings run, it isn't on every single name, like a little small cap stock that nobody knows about. You know, you're looking at the big names. I write down every week, I write down what are the big names reporting. I write those down and I tend to be biased to be long those stocks going into the reports because why? They get talked about in the media. They get talked about here. You know, they get talked about people talking about the buzz around, you know, so that can, you know, drive price higher as well. And people just excited ahead of the quarter. So it's not surprising, you know, that Netflix pops up significantly ahead of this quarter. And, you know, this is the alpha that I try to extract from predictable movements, not so much, you know, the unpredictability of an earnings report, you know, the more predictability of the run up ahead of the earnings report. We talk about this show, this strategy all the time. One thing that I'd keep in mind also uh, Thursday before the open, we get American Airlines, Johnson and Johnson. We get big Abbott names. Labs. Um, so definitely keep your eyes on those names. Big, big I think names. those are we get TS, uh, TSM. And so keep your eyes on those names. We could see what happens to American, what happens to Johnson and Johnson. I mean, these airlines have been on a big tear. Can they continue to impress on their earnings? Something to keep an eye out for. All right, that's going to do it for us. Like always, you guys can keep up with my man, Dennis Dick. He's going to go do what he does best. Go get to your trading action, Dennis. We'll see you back tomorrow. Good luck, everyone. Definitely give my man a shout out on Twitter. Now to get you guys over to live trading, that's coming up next. And, of course, we're going to keep pushing through. Uh, I do want to give you guys a little bit of a second here to try to join, of course, the book club. If you guys haven't joined the book club, we're pushing through. I know I had to cancel yesterday. I had a, a little bit of some afternoon stuff that I needed to take care of, uh, but we are pushing through. We're already going to next meeting will be four interviews deep on Market Wizards. So if you guys want to join the Market Wizards talk, you want to read some books. One of the things that I said at the beginning of the year that I wanted to do uh, this year was try to really get through some books again, right? I, I've been doing a lot of kind of stock market action and I do you know, my studying action, but I wanted to really kind of keep pushing the levels, keep getting more skills, more information up my alley. And of course, discuss that with you guys. That's what we do on the book club. We have discussions about what goes on in these books, how we could apply it to real life, how we could apply it to the market today. If you want to do that, go ahead and hit that link. We're going to wrap up the market uh, here on Pre-Market Prep. Like always, the number one morning show to get you ready for your trading day. Like always, we're here to level the playing field for you guys out there, retail investors. So be safe out there. Get ready for the market open and stick around because we got live trading coming up next. Lord Ryan, myself, and of course, we'll get some news by Nick Brown. If you guys want to stick around, stay right here. You don't got to go anywhere. This will redirect you to live trading. Come see what I can do and what's up my alley in live trading. I'll see you next time, team. Let's keep pushing and we'll see. Can Carvana keep going higher? Will Goldman keep leaking? And of course, we talked about some regional bank action today. Elvian's Health. Really good earnings there. ASML reporting news today. And we'll see. Do some of these other stocks continue to lift? AT&T and Verizon. Really not names that I want to have there. Johnson & Johnson. Will it keep getting hit with the baby powder uh, cancer claims? We'll see if that continues to leak there. Time to get to the open and time to see if I can make some money. If you guys want to find out, come over to Live Trading. That's starting up next. Next.